Welcome to the Generous Business Owner Podcast, where business owners gain inspiration and encouragement to live a legacy, not just leave one. And now your hosts, Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Welcome, everybody, to the Generous Business Owner Podcast. My name is Jeff Thomas, one of the co-hosts. I have a special treat for you today. I am going to interview one of my co-hosts, Alan Barnhart, about a particular topic. Alan, good to see you and hear you today. Glad to be here. All right, buddy. Well, listen, before we started recording, I was telling Alan that I get a lot of questions about how he does things. Whenever I speak to people that are looking at generosity in their business, I almost always ask them, have you ever heard of Alan Barnhart? And really a surprisingly high number percentage have heard of him. And then as they hear that, you know, you and I are doing this podcast together, they start asking me questions. So they don't ask me questions about my journey. They ask me questions about your journey, Alan. So I thought we'd take this opportunity to just go with a couple of the, we'll cover one today and maybe we'll do another down the road on, on a couple of the hot topics. But one of the topics that people ask me about all the time is they start using their company. And frankly, I have questions about this. We've had some of these conversations before, but, I, but I'd love a refresher because we're trying to do this as a company. As you start giving as a company and you start giving a percentage of profits, okay, you know, you're still doing some personal stuff over here on the side, you know, and maybe you can talk about how you think about that. But you've been doing this for a long time, a couple of decades, and I know it's grown and got bigger as the company's got bigger and all of that. But one of the primary questions, how do you decide where to give Who's involved? Kind of what's the structure of all that? So, and I know that probably requires some history, but <laughs> so, you know, you, maybe you started in the, in the early days. Was it just you and your brother, just you? How, how did it kind of start out? That's a, it's a, it is a long story, but I'll give you a short version of it. You know, I, I've learned to give when I was in college and started to give at that point in my life. When I got out of college, a few years later, we, st- my brother and I started our business. We, we set it up, you may remember, to basically saying this was God's company and that we were going to commit to a simple lifestyle. And if God prospered the business, we were going to use it as an opportunity to, to give away 50 yeah, whatever you Whatever you made over your set salaries, we're going to give away, right? Well, we gave away 50% of the profit of the business that was you know, profit after our salaries. And the other 50% we used to grow the business. Reinvested. Okay. Yeah. And... Uh, we weren't sure if we'd even survive the first year. I mean, it was a <laughs> right. small business, and and we were amazed after the first year that we had fifty thousand dollars. Right, that's pretty sweet. Right. Oh, we were. We, we I mean, what year it. are we talking? This was nineteen eighty six. Yeah. Okay. And uh, one of the things that I worried about is where to give the money. And, exactly. You know, so I thought it would be better for us to do it as a group, and I think it was a God idea that He gave us at that time. And so we decided that my wife and I and my brother and his wife and one other couple that were part of the company, we got together and we prayed and said, God, what do you want us to do with your $50,000? And we researched some groups and we together kind of brought forth different ideas. And we had no strategy, really. We, were, right. we didn't know what we were doing. And we just did the best we could. And we sent the $50,000 out. and. Looking back on it, probably none of those ministries that we sent money to it that first time would we continue to invest in. 
not because they were bad, but over time we connected with a group called the McClellan Foundation, hmm. and they were so generous with their strategy. They had been giving money for a long time to into the evangelical world, and we went and asked them how to do it, and they gave us their books and their their strategies and it really resonated with us. And we kind of came up with the quip that we want to be as strategic in our giving as we are in our making of the money. In our business, we're looking at all kinds of strategies and trying to get better. We wanted to do the same thing in our giving and do it from a more of a business mindset. So that was sort of the genesis of it. And the second year and the third year, God provided more money and we added a few more people to the group, but more than anything, we added a, a strategy. So, okay, so what does that strategy look like? What does it mean to have a giving strategy? Well, I guess it means, like any strategy, it means that you're going to be proactive rather than reactive. Okay. You're going to try to figure out what God wants you to give to and how to do that in the most effective way, and then go about trying to carry out that strategy. So, so like one of the things that I've seen, you know, obviously I'm in the wealth management world is like, we think of asset allocation, you know, if you're going to invest, you do some large caps some small cap, you know, U.S. international bonds of all different flavors. And it's like this little grid. And, and I've seen things like that in, uh, in giving, you're like, okay, something international, evangelical, something local, something national, widows, orphans, poor, you know, I mean, there's so many categories. How do you start like creating those boxes. Yeah. I mean, you got to, you come, I think you start with the understanding that you're not trying to figure out whether something is good or bad, right? but you're trying to figure out what is it that God wants you to do? <clears throat> and it's not, there's not a set answer. It's there's not right. a figure out what the best thing is, right? It's, it's what does God want you to do? And so we, in our world, we decided that God wanted us to invest in areas of the world that were the most difficult where others would not invest, others would not go. And so we, we saw a disproportionate need internationally. And so we've put about 95% of our funding internationally, and we do so in what I'd call the hard places in the Hindu world, the Buddhist world, the Muslim world. And so that was the, I guess, the strategy that we evolved to. And it still requires a lot of working out of the strategy once, yeah. you, once you get there. So that, that was the areas of the world. And then we said, what types of things do we want to invest in? And every time you create a strategy, you are eliminating things that don't fit in the strategy. And so we, we found it helpful to say, we are going to do this and we're not going to do that to give ourselves clarity. So we decided that we were not going to fund building programs and we were not going to fund Western missionaries, which are what people think of when they think of missions. Those well, that's are the, true. Those are sort of the big categories. And we, and we, love, we love missionaries and we love folks that support building programs. We just decided that we were going to eliminate those, um, those avenues in favor of other things. So the buckets, the five buckets that we looked at was evangelism, discipleship, church planting, leadership development, ministry to the poorest of the poor uh, with, a, with the gospel attached. So those are the five buckets. We've since added Bible translation as a sixth bucket. Um, so we, we wanted to look for things that affected those, those uh, areas. So, so those are some of the early 
strategy formation that helped us kind of figure out where to look and and how to evaluate different things. Okay, and so this is good, right? So a little bit of almost think about the the hard places with evangelism. Is there sort of an overarching vision or mission statement or something like that, or is it kind of that hard places with evangelism thing, or is it? Or- well, you know, those six buckets I think would be. In India, what do we want to accomplish? Right. And we want to accomplish it through Indian believers, through the Indian church primarily. And we want to do it as opposed to Western missionaries. And we want to do it, we want to look at organizations that are effective. We would look at an organization kind of like we'd look at an acquisition if we were. Yeah, exactly. ROI. We've talked about this before, right? Yeah, yeah. We would look and we'd do our due diligence and we would. Uh, look at an organization, we would say, do they have uh, godly leadership? That's the first category, um, and, and not all do. Do they have a coherent strategy, um, and not all do? And do they have a reasonable track record? And, and if they have those things, after we've looked hard at them and gotten recent references, and they have those things, then we start to invest with them and maybe start in a small way. And then over time, increase that investment as we become more and more familiar with them, more and more comfortable with them. I'm involved primarily in India, and I just came back there three or four weeks ago and spent a couple of weeks in India, just seeing the people that we're investing in, verifying that, and looking at some new organizations as well, and just uh, doing our due diligence. So that's some of our process. It really, but I think that's not something you're going to figure out. That strategy that you described, where what I like about it is a lot of it's about what you're not going to do. Yeah. Which, because I can only imagine how many requests come flying in and you have to have a filter because we do this for families all the time, right? Like we're always dealing with people selling their companies and suddenly they have more money to give away and somehow everybody finds out. Okay. (laughs) And the flood of letters starts coming in and phone calls and they want to say, yes, there's lots of good stuff to do, yeah. but how do you narrow the focus down to what God's calling you to do that? I mean, how long do you think it took you to kind of get to those? I mean, it sounds like you just added a bucket not too long ago. So it's been kind of an evolution of that sound strategy. Yeah, Is that true? Evolution. I think one thing, one thing that's helpful is for people to realize that they are going to ignore 99.999% of the needs out there. Yeah. A lot of it's going to be passive, uh, ignoring it in a passive way. They just never learned about it. They don't know about it. Um, but they're still doing nothing for taxi mm. drivers in Madagascar. There's a huge need there, and you're doing absolutely nothing. I mean, the point being, of course, we're going to do nothing about almost everything. Um, right. We've got to figure out what is it that God wants us yeah. to do, and then to try to do it well. And if you try to do everything, or if you try to just be responsive, it's going to be difficult to have an investment portfolio. I mean, if you're, you're in the investment world, and if a person just went on the internet and looked for every hot tip and yeah. kept trying to just- it's not going to work out. Whenever something came to them, they invested some money in it, it's going to be a mess. Correct. And so I think that, I think it helps to focus and I mean, we're still personally responsive. I mean, there's still times when somebody will ask us for something and we personally will give it. 
but we have set aside the company profits to be done strategically. The, our personal income, which is relatively limited, but we still give out of our personal income. And we do that in a way that's not as strategic. It's more responsive. But we've decided that uh, to come up with a process that you know, actually is a bit cumbersome. I can't make a decision to give any of the company money to anything. Gotcha. Uh, we have a group. We go through a process. I have a, a proposal form that I have to have filled out and present to my group in India, my India group. And then we together as a group present a portfolio to our board. And then the board, and I'm on the board as well, but the, the board then communicates uh, or makes the decision as to what we're going to fund. Um, so it's a, it's a process that in one sense, you would say it's cumbers, cumbersome. In another sense, it is freeing and it is, I think it reduces the, the emotional side of giving. Yeah. Um, we really don't you say this. We have a passion for this. We have a passion for this process. It's not so much that we have a passion for each thing that we give to. We don't get a warm and fuzzy from each thing that we do. It, we, the term we use is it's not about us. We are trying to be stewards, distributing the funds that God has given us, try to be a good conduit. We don't, we've never given away a nickel that God didn't provide to us. We want to take the money that God is bringing in and use it to, to advance his. No, team. this makes perfect sense. So I've got some Roman numerals going. The first one is strategy. Work okay. on your strategy. The second one is team that I wrote down. Okay. Yeah. And within the team, there's a process. Okay. But can you break down the team? I know, I know it's evolved because it was like you and your brother, maybe in your spouses at first or whatever, yeah. but maybe how has that team evolved and, and maybe where is it today? Like how, you know, exactly like how many committees, how many people roughly, you know? Right, right. It, used to, it was about 60 or 70 of us. Wow. And, and each of us were assigned a couple of ministries and you would get a proposal from that ministry, vet it, and then bring it to the group. Okay. Um, we decided to go away from that. Young people in particular were, were intimidated to come before the board yeah. with a ministry. And so we, we uh, Catherine met with the, a group of young folks and said, how can we make this process better? And they said, man, it would be great if we could do it as a group. And hmm. so we formed these six groups. And okay. uh, each group. So each bucket has a group. Is that true? Each, each of the geographies has a group. Oh, right? geographies. Yeah. So the, the geographies that we're in are Middle East, North Africa, Southeast Asia, India, and West Africa. And then there are two groups that are not geographic. One is leadership development globally, and one is Bible translation. Okay. So each of those groups has, has a group of, has six or eight folks, 10 maybe, and they meet once a month. And then they trips to their geographies to learn. And then once a year, you know, each you know, during that during that year, they're creating a portfolio. They're asking other givers about you know, looking. We're looking proactively for things to give to, as opposed to responding to people. So we're asking other organizations who they know that would be worth talking to, and we invite them to then submit a proposal. So we're always on the lookout for partners that we can invest in in these areas. And uh, we don't want these partners to say thank you. 
We want them to perform. We want them to provide us a return on, on our investment. And of course, that's not a monetary return, but it's a real return of they have told us in their proposal what they're going to accomplish. And then we want to go back and say, how did it go? And, and there are times when it didn't go well. And there were, you know, COVID was a, a you know, wild thing for a lot of folks. And there's been other times when things didn't go as they said, but that doesn't mean we don't invest more. It depends on, on how they uh, respond to that as to whether that would um, cause us to increase our, our giving or to decrease it. So, you know, it's interesting when you first said partner, I thought, oh, you mean other companies or other givers. And I think it's interesting the language you use about the ministries that you use the language of partnership with the ministries. You know what I mean? I think that's really an interesting perspective. And it's like, I mean, you could be, you know, if you have a business partner, I mean, you should be sweet to each other, right? I mean, you can compliment each other and stuff, but it's not like, oh, thank you so much for showing up today and doing the job. That, you know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of yeah. like the attitude, you know, it's, uh, it's just sort of, like, hey, man, we're just doing our jobs, right? Yeah. Our, our job is to make it and figure out where God wants us to put it. And, and your job is to execute and let us know how it's going, right? I mean, it's a. You know, and we will watch their video mm. and watch their presentation. Yeah. And everything looks good on the video. <laughs> right. You know, it's, and, but then we'll start asking a bunch of hard questions. Okay. And some ministries really react negatively to that. And we're saying, that's fine. You know, it's okay. If you don't want a partner, that's okay. We're not. We're not just a giver to just you know, give you something. You know, we're folks that partner. And if, if you're mm. willing to allow us to speak into your organization, we don't want to guide or direct the organization. We want to understand it. And so we want to, I think we benefit greatly from our relationship with them and hearing how they are doing what they do. We try to take some of their strategies and sure. cross-pollinate with others. We also want to help them with some business concepts. And some of them don't have a good strategy or they haven't articulated it well. And we help them think through it. There have been some organizations that received no money from us, but said the process was so helpful because we caused them to think about things they had never thought about and yeah. made them a better organization. So it's in business, it's basic stuff. You, you've, you've around it all the time, but they don't teach it in seminary. And that's true. So we are an active partner. I kind of think about like, I mean, all investing is like that. I mean, you yeah. can be a passive investor or yeah. you can be an active investor yeah. and it's best. And I, I mostly think about the private equity world where they're taking a larger share, usually sometimes a majority stake, not that you're, I mean, yeah. maybe in some cases, and that's a question I have is how big a stake will you take, if you will. But, you know, some of these people, they're like, no, we're just passive. Do your thing. We're a minority investor and off you go. Let us know how it goes and we'll decide to you know, continue to invest or not based on the results, or we actively uh, give feedback. So I think that's that, that helps with the clarity of it. But is there a limit on, uh, do you look, hey, I, we don't want to be more than 50% of the budget, 20% of the budget, 10% of the budget? How, how do you regulate that so people don't get dependent? It's a great question. And we don't have a foundation. We don't have a corpus. Yeah. We're giving next year, we're going to give the money that we make this year. Right. And so that money, that amount can vary. And so we, mm -hmm. we really don't, we're not in a position to make long-term commitments to mm -hmm. people. And, and therefore we limit our exposure to any organization to 25% of their budget. Okay. We never want to be more than 25%. We, you know, if, if, if we have to drop out, 
And sometimes we may drop out. You know, in some cases, we've focused more tightly. In, in years past, we were doing things internationally, but not focused on those four geographies. So there were some ministries in other places that we then pulled away from and said, we're going to focus on these areas. Nothing wrong with you guys at all, but this is just a change for us. And so if we, we don't want any organization to be wrecked if we have a bad year exactly, or if we decide to move away. And is there still 60 or 70 people involved? Is it more than that, less than that? Yeah, we have probably 60 or so involved in these groups. Okay. And then the things that we do locally, um, oh, we, we probably have hundreds involved. Volunteers locally to do something yeah. hands-on. So we have 50 branches around the country yeah. and each branch, we want each branch to do things locally. Yep. It's relatively small dollars and it's more about involvement than about strategy. So we don't ask them to go through the strategic process. Right, right, right. If they're willing to be involved, we're open to funding the organizations. And again, it's not large scale dollars. But do the do hands need to go with the check? Um, An activity or not necessarily? A little bit. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. The more the hands go with it, the more money we'll okay. put Okay, yeah. You, so you would prefer it that way then, it sounds like. If somebody, you know? if somebody is volunteering full-time, you know, Every week with this organization or whatever, right. we're putting a lot more money than than if they're just going to see them and getting a quick proposal. Okay, so some of it can be individual. Do they make a little application? Hey, I volunteer at this place. Can I get a little grant for that? Or is it just group activities? Uh, yeah, they do that locally in each okay. branch. Each okay. branch has what we call a, I call a CARES group, a Barnhart CARES group. Okay, yep, yep. And they... So they don't bring that request back to the home office. They just decide that locally. Locally, right. How they allocate. They, got, they kind of have their fund and they can sort of allocate it as they see fit. Okay, right. that makes sense. All right, that's cool. Well, very good. So, okay, so let's wrap it up here. You know, like every podcast, we always do our practical tip at the end. Just for fun, just with this deal. I mean, most people, we get it. Most people are not doing it at the scale you're doing it that are listening to this. Maybe they're just getting started, whatever it is. But out of all the stuff that you said, or maybe there's something else, you know, they're just kind of getting started. What's maybe a practical tip for somebody to trying to go down this path or early days? Yeah, I think that what I would encourage people to do is to be intentional and strategic. Mm-hmm. I think people experience a fair amount of frustration when they're mm-hmm. strictly responsive. And they're not sure if their money is doing any good or not. And, and so I, I think I would encourage people to give to less things, more money to less things, and, and really understand the things that they're giving to. Be kind of like investing in stocks to rather than you know, to figure out what three or four stocks are the best ones, what three or four ministries can you understand, can you connect with, and, and then also to connect with other givers. Mm. The Lone Ranger approach, I don't think is a good one. Doing it as a group has been greatly beneficial to us. I think it's worth people considering forming giving groups, or there are some that do it as families, but uh, don't do it alone, And but do do it on purpose. Love that. Well, that's a great place to end it. Well, thanks, Alan, for sharing that wisdom. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on the uh, Generous Business Owner Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Generous Business Owner Podcast with Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. 
Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can find the guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.